Good day, nerds. This is Megan, uh, your book reviewer and author interviewer here at the Nerd Cantina. Today's Cantina conversation is with A.G. Riddle. We're talking about his upcoming release, Lost in Time. This was such a cool book. It's got time travel and murder mystery and suspense thriller all weaved into one. It's really engaging. If you like any of those types of themes or genres, you will love Lost in Time. You know, A.G. Riddle, he's a published author and it, it definitely, his experience definitely shows in this book. Um, and I, I gushed plenty to him during this conversation. So I'll let you go ahead and give a listen. Here's A.G. Riddle. All right. So today we've got A.G. Riddle. We're talking about Lost in Time, which releases on September 1st, correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. This book, I it sucked me in. It was so <laughs> captivating and engaging. And, um, you know, I know you've got... Uh, a handful of published works under your belt. So I feel like, you know, your experience definitely shines <laughs> like oh, in all your writing you. talent. Yeah. Your writing talent, all that good stuff. So I'm really excited to, um, to sit down and chat with you more about it today. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So to get started, can you give like a little um, brief summary so that listeners can kind of follow along with the conversation? Yeah, sure. So lost in time is a standalone sci-fi thriller. I would describe it as sort of a, a time travel murder mystery. I don't know if that's something that that actually exists, but that's <laughs> what the the book is. It's um it's a novel about that's set in the near future, and it's a novel about a widowed father who wakes up one morning and discovers his girlfriend has been murdered, and that he and his daughter are implicated in the crime. And the evidence is ironclad; they'll be convicted of it. And what's interesting about Loss in Time is that it's set in a future in which. Um, the worst of humanity. So serial killers, um, you know, genocidal dictators, terrorists, um, instead of being sent to prison for life or, or executed are sent to the past 200 million years into the past of the time of the dinosaurs um, in an alternate universe to sort of live out their lives. And so uh, Sam Anderson, who's one of the protagonists in the book makes this decision to admit to the crime, to spare his daughter, um, this fate, which is called Absalom. And Sam is actually one of the inventors of Absalom. And so he is sent 200 million years into the past. And his daughter, Adeline, her goal becomes to figure out who the real killer is and to get her father back and to sort of reunite her family. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. lot to uh, there was a lot of like, you know, sci fi concepts involved and stuff. Um, And I think from just come from kind of like going off of your website and looking at what else you got out there it seems like you you kind of are like drawn into um like the sci-fi thriller kind of genre so what kind of what attracts you to that what gets you what um draws you to those types of themes well i think it's the ideas i mean i you know growing up i always loved um you know the x-files and star trek and sort of these these books that were about ideas and intellectual um, stimulation. And I think that's still really what gets me going. I mean, I, I think over the course of my career, I, I like to think I've gotten better at characters and pacing and dialogue and all the things you, you need to do as an author, but I still come back to ideas and, you know, the, the idea for Absalom and this idea that, you know, what, what would a world be like if you could send the worst of humanity, if you could just get rid of them and, and what if you got it wrong and <laughs> what if it happened to your family? Right. So I think, you know, I think all the books are really about ideas and, and that sort of 
probably why I still do it. Mm-hmm. It is. It's kind of fascinating. I think I'm a sucker besides the m- mystery or thriller genre. I'm also a sucker for like, I think second in line would be the sci-fi or fantasy because those are kind of really similar. But um, yeah, there's just like, as long as you're consistent, there's a lot that you could do with it. So as long as yeah. you keep, keep your story and your um, timelines, you know, especially that. So kind of like going into that, what kind of like research was involved because you've got the sci-fi, you've got like settings in the Triassic period, and then you've got settings in like a futuristic kind of society where this technology is available and this science is, you know, discoverable and not controllable, but to an extent. Um, so you can kind of manipulate it or work with it. So how, what kind of like research went into developing these kind of like complex ideas? Yeah. I mean, c- quite a bit. I mean, there are, and I don't want to do any spoilers, but there, there's yeah. three major, <laughs> yeah, there's three major time periods in, in the book. And as you said, one's the future and one is uh, the distant past 200 million years ago at the at sort of the end of the Triassic period where you have the Triassic Jurassic uh, extinction event research. We have some pretty good information about it. We don't know exactly what occurred, but we know that, you know, the, all the earth's land mass was in one continent called Pangaea and there were, you know, volcanoes and earthquakes and this massive ecological upheaval. Um, So, you know, some research into that and then a lot of research on how would you survive in the Triassic? You know, what, what would you eat? What would the predators be? And, you know, what are the principal concerns? And I think that's the thing I liked about the book and writing it is that it had a lot of different things. I mean, there's that survival story. There's that murder mystery where you're trying to unravel clues. And and it, to some extent, is really about figuring out all the characters and what their motivations are and what, what really is going on. But um, I do think that for me, anyway, a book like that, that has some depth and some, you know, some different things appeal to me. And I think the research to me, I, I've sort of changed my approach to the research early in my career. I, I sort of went overboard with it and probably put mm-hmm. too much in. And uh, my wife often reads the books and, and advises me on, you know, maybe this is a little too much and <laughs> dial that back. But I, but I think you need enough to, to help the reader suspend disbelief and, and, you know, you go, if you go past that, maybe you do some harm to your, to your marketability anyway. Oh, uh, well, you know, there's, there's certain markets, you know, what do they call it? Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> You might lose some people, but you might intrigue some more people. What different, like, how was this experience different from the previous works that you've published? Well, it's a good question. I mean, I, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years now and I think that, well, I guess the writing process for a book like Lost in Time, which is a standalone, is is a little different than a trilogy. Or, right. I mean, a trilogy is the longest series I've written. But, you know, with those books, there's a lot of planning and there's a lot for Lost in Time. But I think part of the fun for me was, you know, I sort of one of the ways my writing process has evolved is the amount of outlining and planning and research I do up front and what I do is I write the book. So, you know, now my process is is a little more fluid I'm by no means a pantser or sort of a, mm-hmm. you know, make it up as I go, but but I do have. I, I think my outlines are are smaller in terms of the amount of detail, and I have sort of a broad. You know, this is the arc of the story. These are the character arcs. This is who the characters are. And you know, one of the things I found early in my career is you know I planned out everything 
uh, to a T. And then I found the characters as I got to know them better. I was like, you know, this person wouldn't do this and this doesn't really work anymore. So mm. I was constantly reworking my outlines. So now my outlines are, um, you know, a sort of allow for that. And then, you know, as I, as I get to the points when I need to do more research, I, you know, do some initial research to make sure this is going to work. And then I sort of dial it in. So that's fresh in my mind as I'm writing, uh, which yeah. I think helps a lot. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. Cause I know some authors, they, you know, they have similar experiences where they, um, they're starting with the person and then somebody else shows up a character that they didn't plan on at all yeah. <laughs> or like, or they are, I've, I've talked to some authors who are like, they don't outline at all whatsoever. And that's worked for them, which is, you know, it's like, fine. So that's why, but you know, when somebody has like a longer career, they have like a, a handful of works um, out there already. It's always interesting to see like the growth or what you did differently or any big lessons learned. Um, Cause this one is where, yeah, like I loved how, you know, so I'm the type of reader who like, which I think I'm, I'm perfectly fine with, but I don't always catch on to things immediately. And I kind of like that, I think, because then, <laughs> um, you know, and even I think even um when I watch like movies or TV shows, like, it's almost the same. I don't always, I'm not always a... Uh, things aren't always like predictable to me, which is There's a which lot is, of enjoyment in that. Yeah. Ex- I mean, yeah. I'm okay with that. Is good. <laughs> exactly. I'm entertained. Um, and I'm, you know, you, you got me as a reader, like you're pulling me along. Cause all, all these, you know, you, you do that murder mystery thing where these, these, the Absalom six, and they're all pretty different people for the most part. They're, you know, pretty easily, um, you could easily distinguish between them. They all have got, they've all got secrets and they've all coming, you know, they're all very like, obviously they're intelligent people. They've been working together to create this like crazy technology. Um, and so I thought it was really cool how you were able to kind of harness that, those different personalities and the backgrounds and also pull the reader along to be like, just almost suspicious of everyone. And then until you kind of like narrow it down a little bit, then, but then there's still like not completely one person. And then, the reader thinks they know, but then, then you're like, oh, nope, just kidding. And then you're just like, <laughs> you know, and so that's, that's what's like, there's a lot of these twists and stuff that, um, if you're not paying attention, cause I remember once I got like to one of the twists, then I had to be like, oh shit. And then I had to like reflect on everything I read up to that point. <laughs> cause um, yeah. So it's like, oh wait, like, you know, but the, it, this book was like, it was so captivating. I really liked the character development. So kind of going off of that, like where, was there anything different? I don't know if you have a lot of um, similar. Was this your first like murder mystery type book? I think so. I mean, there's been some murders in the other books, but nothing, nothing where it was sort of in focus for the plot. Yeah, yeah kind of like a whodunit is yeah. the main thing. Yeah. So how was that? Like, did you have to switch anything up um, to kind of get into that headspace or kind of like make that mystery game-ish kind of theme stand out more? I think so. I mean, I had to sort of, I think with the murder mystery, the sort of scope of the book wants to be a little smaller, right? And so the the novels that I wrote before were pretty large in scope. You know, they deal with sort of, you know, genetic experiments or worldwide pandemics is a book that I wrote in 20. 20- uh, 2016. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, was that like an inspiration of recent events? Yeah. <laughs> or no, it was like a, anticipating. <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, but yeah. Right. So <laughs> in terms of um, sort of the scale of the plot, you know, with a murder mystery it is inherently smaller. And I think um, that's probably something that appealed to me at this point, you know, the, 
deeper into loss in time, you figure out that, okay, the scope is much larger, yeah. but I think starting small and, and focusing on the characters and what they're feeling. And um, it was definitely a, a very, it's very different than anything I've ever written in terms of the, the openings, you know, acts and sort of how it unfold unfolds. And I, I think that's part of what made it fun for me. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm someone that likes to write different stuff. So. Oh yeah. You have to like challenge yourself and, you don't want to get too bored. You kind of like want to <laughs> level up in your career. You know, that's right. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so there, you know, this book kind of like not only the time travel, but it like it deals with loss a lot and not just for like Adeline, she deals with loss like really significantly first with her mom and then with her dad. And, um, you know, she's when we readers meet her, she's like a teenager, but mostly an adult, like kind of on that cusp because she's still a teenager, but she's technically an adult. And, um, you know, readers kind of see her going through like she I don't know, she can't really catch a break almost or it's just like she's right. dealing with a lot of like really significant events, very significant losses. And on top of that, like she as a result, she goes through a lot of personal growth and. And so Sam does too, I think, because maybe not as significant, but I mean, he's definitely a changed man after, um, having been sent through. <laughs> he's got to do some growing after learning how yeah. to like basically survive. And, you know, he's, I don't know if you want to call him like a pencil pusher, but he hasn't had to <laughs> like really, you know, he hasn't had to learn those types of skills. So how did you kind of like tap into, I just kind of like want to explore that. Like, how did you kind of tap into like, the loss and the personal growth and putting your characters through like really, you know, hardships in order, not just only to like advance the plot, but just to like, yeah, like the character development too. Well, I think the book is probably a reflection of, you know, the last few years of my life. I mean, the, you know, COVID, I think we all feel like, you know, we've been sort of cooped up and separated Mm -hmm. from our families and separated from the life we knew. And, I think the book is sort of like that for these characters and, and I, you know, for Adeline in particular, you know, she's 19 when the novel opens. And I think that a, a lot of her frustration is that she has lost her mother. Um, and when her mother passed away, she sort of expected her to get better and, and, and she didn't. And I mean, this happened to me. My mother passed away uh, four years ago after a mm. double lung transplant and we thought she would get better. And oh, she okay. didn't. So, yeah, this is, you know, part of my own personal experiences, but, and I think, you know, part of her journey is that, you know, she's surrounded by adults that are very intelligent and this huge thing has happened in her life. And, and early in the novel, there's like, you know, you stay over there, we're going to handle this. We'll figure out who did this to your dad. And, and I think for her, it's it's sort of standing up and saying, you know what, I, I'm not going to just sit here and take this, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to take thing take matters into my own hands and try to figure this out. And um, I think I think that's part of growing up and being an adult, right? I mean, it's sort of we all go through this journey in which we, you know, are are sort of at the mercy of the world and our parents, and then we sort of take control of our life. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's a big part of her. Or, yeah, for sure. Cause it's when children, even when children are like preteens, um, like 10 to 14, I think that's when they kind of start wanting to be taken more seriously and yeah. maybe a little bit younger than that. But yeah, it's like there's a certain age where they're like, Oh, I wish they would just stop seeing me as a little kid or whatever. And 
for her, I think, what was it? Her mom passed away when she was 11, right? So that was like such a huge shift. And then it was almost like we meet her when all this, another shift is happening. And then, yeah, where she takes life in her, she takes matters in her own hands. And then, um, you know, things get more, way more interesting from there on. (laughs) And so, yeah, no, I think that's, um, you know, it's really interesting how you kind of, explored and navigated your experiences through Adeline and kind of adding that depth and um, all those different dimensions. Cause I, I really did like her as a character. I liked almost everyone. I think, to be honest, I don't think there was like really anybody that I didn't like that much after I'm like reflecting on the Absalom six and, you know, other, other secondary characters. Yeah. I can't, th- I think I liked everyone, but Adeline, I obviously, you know, for obvious reasons, I liked her the most. You kind of went off on this a little bit before. Um, Two-part question. What were the most challenging parts to write? And then what were like the most enjoyable parts to write? That's a good question. I think I mean, when I'm writing a book, inevitably, when I get to those points, when the big twists come in, I really enjoy those scenes. I mean, I look forward to writing them. And, <laughs> and I look forward to seeing what readers think. I mean, because it's sort of like, you know, I've planned this big thing and I, I you know, I think it's going to be a hit. And and I like writing those <laughs> things. You know, it's sort yeah. of like I get the, you know, the tingling feeling like you know, <laughs> just, when you completely change what they thought was happening in the book and and. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff I like. And I think part of the challenge is always with a time travel novel mm. is, is making sure everything matches, especially with a time travel novel that has the sort of twist and, and the, the way loss in time is set up. Um, took a lot of doing, you know, to make sure everything matches and it was right. And I, and I think getting sort of the, some of the period specific things correct. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm really creative, but very disorganized so <laughs> my, my brain is not really wired for writing time travel so it it, it took some effort yeah. oh i bet i was gonna say did you have like a million post-it notes everywhere <laughs> like on your desk or walls or things like that timelines yeah i mean yeah. I, I have a six-year-old daughter and i have this like little rolling thing with like paper and so i have oh, the okay. entire timeline you know the, oh my god that's so funny she's like what yeah. dad i need that back like what do you <laughs> like what are you doing in your office all right oh that's so cool yeah because i think you know you did yeah you did such a good job in like how i mentioned before keeping everything consistent and matching everything up so that not getting into the spoiler territory where everything just it like clicked and it just added that new like level that new dimension of like that reader engagement where you're just like oh holy crap wait a second and (laughs) um so it makes sense that you know, you would have to like write it all out <laughs> to make sure that everything pieced together nicely. Um, cause yeah, with like time travel could get tricky and you know, it's all, it's, I think it's a fascinating genre to tap into just because it could be so fun. Um, but yeah, it's like, what theory do you want to go with? Do you want to go with like a multiple timelines, you know, multiple universes? Do you want to go with, one and make sure that you know where it's like something that happened was actually something that doesn't make sense yet but it will make sense later type of thing you know it's so there it's i guess it's like whatever the author wants to do but i just i always think time the time travel stuff it could be really fun and um you did it you know 
you did it you did very well with it i will say because i was it was yeah like how i said before i just you know it's hard sometimes it's hard to articulate but i just got sucked in and this book was so captivating and the characters were interesting and the twists it was just like wait wait a second because i'm because i'm getting sucked in and then all of a sudden it's like i get slapped in the face with something and i'm like wait what what is danielle doing wait a second like what (laughs) and you know you're thinking I'm thinking as a reader, I'm like, okay, well, I'm following along. No, wait, now I'm on this person's side. No, wait, now I'm not so sure if I'm on this person's <laughs> side of anymore. But that's a, a tribute to the writing style and be able to like really, you know, tug the reader along and fool us and makes it for like a, a better story. So what was your process like, like switching between Adeline's point of view and like Sam's point of view? How do, How did that How'd you, how'd you do with that? It was, it was challenging. I'll admit Cause you know, Adeline, she does age during the course of the novel and, and she changes a good bit. I mean, she yeah. changes, I think more than any other character. So, mm-hmm. so a lot for me anyway, was sort of trying to think, well, you know, how, how would she, how would I be feeling? And, you know, obviously I've never been a 19 year old girl, yeah. but I've been a 19 year old <laughs> young man. Not so long ago, and and yeah. I have a six year old daughter who thinks she's nineteen years old, and so, <laughs> um, so I think I mean you know I wanted their parts to feel very different, and obviously what what they're going through in some ways is the same. They're they're both in this fight for survival, and they're both trying to get back to their family. Yeah. They've had something taken from them that that's very important, and they they both are sort of not whole um, because of the loss of Sam's wife and Adeline's mother. And, and I think they sort of share. So, so in a sense, it was sort of like they're feeling somewhat the same way, but they're, and they're both dealing with real challenges, but they're very different. I mean, Sam is, I mean, he's covered in mud and blood and battling dinosaurs 200 million years ago. Mm. And Adeline is surrounded by, sort of reclusive scientists with secrets, <laughs> which mm. is also very dangerous, it turns out. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was sort of trying to get in their heads. And I'm obviously someone who's a, a huge geek and fairly cerebral. So I, you know, Sam's someone who probably resembles me a great deal, you know, <laughs> a reclusive father with, you know, who thinks too much. But <laughs> You come by it honestly, at least, I guess. But um, do you, so then what was it like kind of going off of that, expanding a little bit more? Like how, how was it, how were you able to kind of tap into writing um, from the point of view of like a person of the opposite gender and then so many years in the past of what you remember from what you were like or what you were going through or what your emotions you were feeling at that age? Yeah. I mean, I think it's sort of, I think at the core of it is, is um, sort of how the character is feeling and what they're dealing with. And then I'm someone who, who has lost a parent and, um, mm. you know, certainly I feel like I'm someone that is always intellectually curious about things. So those are sort of the core of what she's dealing with. And then, you know, my wife reads the books and she's like, you know, a woman would not do this or that. And I think, you know, <laughs> um, that sort of thing is important. And um I think also raising a daughter has probably helped me a bit, but um, yeah. Yeah. So with your wife, was she like kind of one of your beta readers or she kind of like a little editor for you, like in the editing process? Yeah, she's a sounding board. I mean, she sort of picks out a a lot of things that I I don't see about the books and which are really helpful. So I generally let her read the books first, give me some pretty good advice. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would hope so, you know. I hope that you can, like, she could at least be constructive about it. <laughs> She's very constructive. She yeah. knows how, <laughs> at least early in the process, how sensitive I am about this stuff. It's just like, man, I think even, you know, or for me anyway, I invest a lot in the books and you just like, you know, you, you want to make it the best product you can, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there's also things that, for me anyway, that you like about the book and you don't want to get rid of it, but it's like, oh, I know this is not working. I got to rework this. You know, it's sort of like you, you get attached to certain things, I think. Oh, of course. And that's, you know, that's a hard part of like writing any book. And even if you didn't have, um, it's like the editing process in general, you have the professional editor and the other beta readers, the groups that were, you know, you want to, you need these fresh eyes and you need, um, you know, that feedback, but it's, yeah, you got to kind of, cause it's your baby, but you kind of got to like, <laughs> yeah. Just kind of like, like wish it well and <laughs> present it. And yeah. hopefully it's not a complete disaster. You know? Exactly. And yeah, you gotta, <laughs> it's hard to get perspective on it, but I do think it makes for uh, uh, something that's better for readers. And I think that ultimately is, I think that's why you publish. I think you write because I think you got to write because you love it. But uh, yeah, that's my perspective. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what do you hope readers get out of this story? Well, to me, I think the, I hope that they get escape from the story. I mean, I think the last few years have been challenging for all of us. And I think that we all sort of need, you know, I wrote the book as sort of escapist fiction that, that I hope is fun. And, but I also think there's, to me anyway, there's a message in the book, which is that, you know, even if you're facing what seemed like insurmountable, challenges in your life you know if you if you take the next step and keep going um sometimes the mystery of your life and what you're going through is not exactly what you think it is and if you if you keep going and you keep sort of studying it and you learn what you don't know things get better and i think mm. that sort of yeah that was the theme for me in the book is that you know these these terrible things have happened to adeline and and her dad and instead of giving up, they keep going and they, you know, they sort of discover in that process that they're sort of made of tougher stuff than they thought. And that, mm-hmm. you know, certainly these are not things they would have chosen in their life, but um, it makes them better. And, and they sort of, they believe in each other and they work hard and sort of, you know, they find their way back to each other. And I think, you know, the post COVID world, is a little like that. I mean, I think we're all trying to figure it out and trying to put our sort of lives and families and everything back together. And, you know, to me, that's what the book is about. But I think, I think the real question for readers is, you know, what did it mean to them and what Mm -hmm. did they get out of it? But I hope that's something that they take away from it. It really is. It is like a survivalist and escapist um, fiction. How you, I like the term that you said, because, yeah, it's because, man, I was rooting for Sam. and But even then, I was like, man, if you threw in a towel, I don't think anybody would blame you. <laughs> like, it was <laughs> rough. Yeah. And even Danielle was like, no, you have to get this in your, you have to get in the zone. You have to get yeah. in this mentality of you have to, you're going to come back. Like get you have game to. Yeah. Yes. And like pre- helping him prepare and everything, helping him study up. And it was just like, I was like, okay, okay. Like he's really, you know, cause yeah, once we, you, it's that mystery. It's the unknown. It's yeah. well, the, some of the characters go on about this in the book where it's 
oh, it's a fate worse than Absalom because you just a fate worse than death. It's like obviously death is a big mystery, but the, that's the finality of it. But where if it's like Absalom, you're sent in a, like 200 million years in the past. You don't know where you're going to end up because which is like, which is also kudos to you. Sam doesn't land in a very convenient spot when he's sent back. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was just so fascinating that like that drive. And ultimately at the end of the day, he had to remind himself and it was his kids that it was his family that was pulling it back. That was reminding him. And yeah. it's, and, and I like how Adeline, she kind of recognized that where she saw that when she's reflecting on it, she saw that glimmer of like hope. She saw that like, you know, even though she was trying to be calm, then she started freaking out right up until the end. And then that survivalist instinct, it's like, what do you, what keeps you going, you know, and yeah. what it's, and yeah. And then for Adeline, it was her trying to clear her father's name and not letting go of that and not losing sight of that. And I, it was obviously like so important for both of them, um, to to just hang on to that because yeah otherwise i was just so impressed by adeline's like determination both of theirs because i yeah it was just it's like man i don't know i don't know how long i would last but (laughs) i i guess probably seeing the possibility just like because it's not you know it's like never been done before and they were like well we don't know you know and then but then there's like a secret like like, well maybe we can and and it was just like okay well are they gonna they're not gonna do it are they gonna do it and i was like so you're like but you're still rooting for everybody to succeed even though you like as a reader i'm like wait what the hell is going on (laughs) but i was like i just hope it works out i'm just i'm rooting for them um (laughs) um so what advice would you give to Sam, to Adeline, and then to Danielle? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think Danielle gave Sam some good advice, which is, you know, I think that she sort of set his perspective because, you know, his, his when he just when he confesses, he sort of knows that he's going to the past and he, he doesn't really expect to come back. I mean, no one ever comes back from Absalom. And um, I, I think what she says to him is that, you know, you've got to survive for your family. You've got to believe. And. I think that the world is a lot like that. And I think that's, you know, one of Sam's themes. And, and I think that it takes him a while in the Triassic to really, to really come into that. I think, you know, he sort of intellectually thinks about it in the present, but then when he's sent back and he gets knocked down a few times, Mm. I think then really his transformation occur. I think when he's eating those earthworms and starting to look forward to that, I mean, that's rock bottom right there. I really could use some earthworms right now. That right. Yeah. Sort of. That really tells you how far you've fallen. But, um, and I think Adeline, um, for her, I think a lot of her journey is is managing her temper and then trying to balance that with sort of being methodical about what she's doing. And um, and she is very angry. And I think she's, I think she has a right to be. I mean, because yeah. I think what's happened to her is, um is extremely wrong and is more than most adults could go through and sort of be okay and function. Yeah. And not only does she have to function, she's got to function at a high level and sort of sort all these things out that these adults around her don't seem able to, or willing to share information with her. And I think that's very yeah. frustrating. So I think, I think a lot of her journey is, you know, balancing this rage that, that I think is rightful um, and understandable with, you know, the focus and, and trying to, you know, 
you, I think all of us, we can sort of let the things that happen to us overwhelm us and we can focus on it or we can focus on what we're going to do and trying to sort of figure out what the next step is. And I think for her, she, she's able to make that transition to say, Mm. all right, I'm I'm not going to let this consume me. I'm, you know, completely angry, but I'm also going to, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get my dad back because, you know, for her, it's sort of, it it really is a repeat of what happened to her mom that was outside of her control. And, and I think that's her journey. And, um, and for Danielle, I think it, it really becomes about not letting what's happening and what she knows needs to happen sort of change her. And, you know, it's um, she's, I think a very tragic character uh, in many ways. And she's also someone who's trying to figure it out um, in her own way and trying to figure out who she is in this yeah. sort of different environment. Yeah. 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 I really, yeah. I just, the whole character, like all of them, they're, you know, they're, they're different. It's easy to distinguish between all of them. And, you know, that's what makes it so fun for the reader to try to figure out what's, you know, what the motive is, what, their secrets are and because some of them are yeah it's like they're they're tragic you know kind of going off with your advice for for them too for the three of them too because it's you know didn't know if i could trust danielle but i still liked her <laughs> even when i was like getting to know her we were all getting to know her i was like i don't know i don't i don't hate her yet you know i don't i don't, <laughs> I don't think i don't think i'm supposed to but i think you know something about her you know sure enough um Last question before we hop off here. So, um, what this is a standalone makes makes sense. So, um, but what's next? What do you are there any other like future projects that you can talk about? Yes. Um, so the next book will be called Quantum Radio. Uh, be published by the same publisher, Head of Zeus, um, which is part of Bloomsbury, and it's a actually it's a book that I actually wrote before Lost in Time, um, but it's the first book in a series. So we felt like releasing the standalone and then starting the series probably made more sense. So um, yeah, it's a, it's another science fiction thriller. It's a bit different from Lost in Time in that it's a it's about a quantum physicist at CERN who believes that there's a pattern embedded in the data that is being generated by the LHC from these um, particle collisions, and so he designs an algorithm that finds this pattern and that's being broadcast by what he describes as a quantum radio. And and he doesn't know if it's from the past or the future Mm. or some alien civilization. And what he discovers is that he's not the only person looking for it. And that sort of kicks off this um, for him, there's another sort of race to survive and unravel what this, this code and message is. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'll be, um, I'm definitely going to, keep an eye on everything you've got going on. Cause I think yeah, I'm going to have to check out some of your other things too. Cause it was, yeah, no, like I said, lost in time, this was like a really captivating read. It was really engaging. And I just, it was, it was, you know, for lack of better words, it was almost like everything anybody would want in like a suspense slash time travel slash murder mystery <laughs> um, novel. And I just, I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity to, to read it. But yeah, so AG Riddle, thank you so much. Uh, Lost in Time comes out in September 1st. I'm trying to remember. It's like <laughs> August already. Like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Where did the time go? Well, thank yeah. you for reading and thank you for oh, having me. Of I truly appreciate it. Um, yeah. So do you have any, um, or like you want to plug your website and social media real quick? 
Yeah, um, the website is agriddle.com, and I think the links to everything are there. So Yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, like I said, I'll, you know, I'll keep an eye out for, for your name, your pen name anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And there you go. That was A.G. Riddle. We're talking about his book, Lost in Time. It comes out September 1st. As always, you know, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, We've got a new Instagram and Twitter handle, Cantina Book Club, where, you know, we'll be the dedicated space for author interviews and book reviews. So if you want to keep up to date on everything that um, I've got going on in my book review section of the Nerd Cantina uh, please do follow those on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow me, MC McCarthy 214 And as always, follow the Nerd Cantina um, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, and if you want to look at, read any of my book reviews, check out thenerdcantina.com. And if you want to see the links to A.G. Riddle's social and where you can purchase the book, go ahead and check out the show notes. Um, but yeah, as always, thank you for listening.